1: I just want to say a special welcome to, uh, to many of you who are here in the room, and especially if you're here for the first time. I met some people here for the first time. Uh, wow, so exciting to have you with us. And uh, we can uh, just imagine maybe that you have questions or uh, wondering about a church in a warehouse or baptism. And so this is a great morning to be here because we really try to explain some of the things that maybe come naturally to us. or so we're like, oh, people will understand. or you know, And you know, I think of when I was growing up, you know, going into a church or going to like, and being like, I don't, what's going on here? This kind of seems weird, Uh, you know, so just to create a space to say, hey, we want to grow together. And if you're watching online, special welcome to you. We'd love to have you join us in person, especially on a morning like this. There's something special about being together in the room where people are getting baptized and you're kind of encouraging them and trying to understand, like, is it my time to, to do that? Like, what's God doing in me? And so just to help us understand what we're doing and what we're learning, I want to take you back to last week where we started a series on convictions. We actually last week decided that we would take the time right after Easter to talk about like what it means that God wants us to help us grow in our convictions, to understand what we believe better. And almost everybody in the Bible who's trying to make sense of the resurrection, that Jesus is alive, they're rethinking their convictions. They're like, wait a second, if that guy was dead and now he's alive, we got a big pro- I got to rethink a lot of things. And and just so you know, if if you're new to Christianity, you might not know this, but Easter is not just a day on the calendar for Christians. Easter is not just a Sunday that happened a few weeks ago to give you a day off. Easter is a season. And if you're learning to read your Bible and you're part of our church, you know this, we want you to understand the Bible better that we're in the season of Easter. So it would be very nice to to even say Happy Easter to you this morning, where for some people that would be weird. To be like, Easter, that already happened. It didn't already happen. It's still happening to us. And we're growing in that. And so one of the things I thought about convictions is how convictions show up like every day. They, they pop up in our lives. Like you have certain convictions. And I have certain convictions. And some of them are like, you know, private things or things like you think of, you have values for your life. Like I had an experience with that this week in the strangest way. Like somebody was trying, was convicted about something and they were trying to tell me about it. And it happened in a store. I was at a store with my son. We went to the store, sketchy store, whatever. Uh, we went to the store, and when we were leaving the store, I saw this elderly lady coming out of the store with her cart. She had like a heavy thing in the cart. So I just kind of looked over, and I noticed like that might be hard for her to get to her car. So I said, hey, madam, could I help you with this? And she's like, wow. She was like just really happy that somebody would help, a little bit nervous, you know, sketchy guy, tattoos. I'm like, "Jansi, it's going to be good. So. Uh, so she's like, okay. So I said, well, leave the cart there. I'll pick up this heavy thing in your, in your cart and I'll just, we'll go to your car. I'll put it in for you. So we walked to the car and I'm like, okay, you gotta click the thing to open and she's clicking and it's not opening. So I realized this is not her car. <laughs> and, and she's convinced it's her car. Like she has a conviction, this is her car. And I'm like, no, you know, it's uh, if you beep it, we'll find the car. And I'm holding this thing and I'm thinking, okay. Somebody's going to think we're trying to steal their car. The pastor gets arrested for helping the lady <laughs> with the car. And my son's off at this point. Like, he doesn't even care about me. I'm like, hey, bro, all right. So we're there, and I'm trying to help her realize that like, if we click, well, so we finally clicked, it. we found the car was, like, in another, like, section. So we went, and I thought, for her, there was a c- conviction. Like, this was her car. And I thought, you know what? We all do this. We have these conviction moments. where are like, this is it. I'm sure. And then you're like, okay, maybe I'm not so sure. Okay, maybe I need help to think about this. And so we want to help you and we want to learn this. What does it mean to do that in our spiritual life? What does it mean for us to have convictions? But this is important. If you were here last week, you remember to grow in our convictions, not just to have anybody can have convictions. Okay. But to be a Christian is to grow in those convictions and also be open to correct convictions or to mature in your convictions, or to kind of modify a way that maybe you shared those convictions. So that's what this series is about, and as we move through that this morning, I wanna help you understand something that's important. Whenever we talk about convictions in the Christian sense, we're talking about convictions, and maybe you'd see this already, that the word conviction has another word in it, right? And maybe you're like, your brain's like, "What what is it, what is it, what is it, right? Convict is in there, but to convince is also in there. The idea that our convictions in the Christian sense are this strength of God in us so that other people would be convinced that Jesus is Lord. This is such a different way that the world talks about convictions. Convictions in the world is how do we tell people that they're wrong and we're what? We're right. That's the way the world teaches us about convictions. The way the Bible teaches us about convictions is how do we live with deep convictions about life and death and hope and joy and all those things So that people would be convinced that not that we're right but that jesus is right and that jesus is the truth and that following jesus is the greatest thing that they could do and i've been in church a long time that i know people have real convictions and people walk away from jesus rather than move closer to him this is something we all have to learn and we can ask ourselves this to say god you know are my convictions being shared or am i living out of these convictions in a way where other people would be convinced not that i'm right but that jesus that you're lord that you were dead and are alive now and that if they trust you with their lives everything changes can I do that with my life and so this morning I want to talk about the idea of courage what does it mean to have courage in your convictions because at some point you're going to realize you're going to need some courage to live up to your convictions maybe you're here this morning and you wish you had more courage in an area of your life what would that be if God could give you courage to live in a different way what would that look like what would you do I've been a pastor a long time, and I think for a lot of people, sometimes the most important, courageous moment you need is to be honest with yourself. Just be honest with where you're at. Or maybe you need courage to have a difficult conversation. Or you need courage to take the next step like the people who are going to get baptized this morning. Like, it's a real courageous thing to say, I want other people to know and to see that Jesus has been at work deep in my life. And he's helping me, and I'm growing, and I need help with that, and I want others to know that what would God help you with if you asked for courage this morning? What would you do with that courage? I have certain convictions in my life, and I think, you know, having the courage to kind of speak them out and live them out and model them takes a lot of work for me. You might not know this, but every time I'm working on a sermon or praying or preparing, I pray for courage to tell you the truth. Because we live in a world where the world has made each of us, me included, a consumer. You know what that means? That means that many people are like, I'm here, so you give me what I like, and if you tell me something I don't like, I'm leaving. Right? If you don't believe me, just send me an email and I'll tell you about tons of people who do that. And when I think about that, I know that that can happen to me. Because I'm I'm like, hey, is this going to meet my needs? Am I going to like it here? And I always feel like, God, I need the courage to be honest, to be true to the scriptures. To be able to share certain truths with our church, people who are watching, people who maybe are not sure about church in a courageous way. And sometimes I'm like, what if if they misunderstand? What if they get upset and they leave? What if they're like, oh, I don't like this church, it's not positive enough, whatever. you know. So so I I thought, to help you see how hard that is, I'm going to be courageous and share something with you that I don't always share, you ready? Maybe you can make me feel comfortable, maybe when I'm done you can say amen. Wanna do that? It'll help. Janina's like, no. <laughs> mm. No, like one of the most important things I think about courage is when I have to share with our church family about all of us learning to sacrifice together. That's really hard for, my, for me to talk about. And especially when I connect sacrifice to us learning to give together of our resources for the sake of God's work in the world. If, if you're from Quebec, if you're watching from somewhere else, you might not know this, but the minute you talk about giving and church, What comes to your mind, I don't know. What comes to my mind is courage. Because I'm like, whoa, if I talk about that, I might be hard. Like, are people going to get it? Like, what what are people going to misunderstand? People are going to leave? Well, and one of the things I want to tell you is in our church, we have such faithful, devoted leaders who pay attention to giving in our church. That we worship God with our words, with our lives, with how we live, with growing, and with our resources. And we have a team at our church that is so responsible with this that they watch month to month about faithfulness in giving. And us learning to give back to God what he's given to us, right? This is all of us. And so over the past few months, as they've watched that, they've said, Pastor Dom, we just noticed like our giving is not as strong as it was last year. And I'm, le- I'm like, well, let's just pray about that. And then they're like, well, no, we think you should be courageous enough to share that with our church. Remember, all of you are saying amen when I'm done saying this. <laughs> so I'm just preparing you. So they're like, hey, Pastor Dom just have the courage to share that. I'm like, well, can we send an email? (laughs) So I I just want to remind each of you how important it is for us to have convictions in life, but to have convictions for the fact that God has called us to sacrifice together for his work. And so if you're here, and you're part of this church, and you feel like you're committed here, you're growing with us, we would love for you to really, really get serious to say, God, I also want to contribute And play my part not just because you're in some club or community group where you're paying a membership fee there's none of that it's because we're learning to worship together with our giving and we're learning to model that and for some people that's kind of a big step they're like what why like how does that work well it's a big step to say God I want to set aside some of my resources every month every week whatever works for you and just give back model that so how did I do yeah that's it it's not always that easy (laughs) Courage is is not that easy. we, We love it when we see it in other people, in movies, but we don't realize that courage is something cultivated when we step into a moment and do the right thing, say the right thing. This morning, for us to understand baptism and the idea of courage and conviction, I want to tell you about someone in the Bible that I think if there was an award for conviction and courage, they would get the award. This is the person in the Bible that is, for me, like the... Like, model for this. You know, some of you are thinking, isn't it always Jesus? Well, it's not, but not in this case, okay? I want to talk to you about a guy called John. Okay, John, some of you know him as John the Baptist. John the Baptist is this conviction, God-loving, committed guy who's like, listen, like, you need to get ready because God is about to do something new. If we met John, we would probably say to John, bro, tone it down. Most of us would be like, or other of us would be like, yes, I'm with him. Whatever. So if you're from Quebec, you know this. If you're watching online, you're not from here. In a few weeks, we're going to get blasted with La Saint-Jean, which most people will not connect at all to John the Baptist, but because you were here, you can say, by the way, this John guy, in the Bible, we're introduced to John, and I want to help you understand how John helps us connect conviction and saying yes to God's ways with Easter in a profound way. Maybe you never thought of this, so I'll read it for you and you'll hear a bit of like who John is and what he's doing and what this means for convictions in our lives. This is what it says in the Bible when it talks about John, Luke chapter 3. In the 50th year of the reign of Tiberius, Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod Tetrarch of Galilee, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the country around the Jordan preaching a baptism of repentance For the forgiveness of sins. How many of you would say there's some conviction here? And some courage is here. Now, you might remember from Christmas time, we're introduced to John when he's a baby. And this is the moment John is an adult. And there's a sense that God is doing something in John. And John senses that God is telling the people through him that it's time for them to get ready for what God's going to do. And John has this conviction that one of the ways people will understand what it means to get ready is to be baptized. To be baptized is a sign of them wanting God to heal and restore their lives. Like in a sense, they are being washed and they're they're being committed. And John uses the language, actually Luke uses the language for us, is that baptism is connected to the forgiveness of sins. This is really important because what we need to understand is that whenever John was inviting people to be baptized, he, was, he wanted them to be people who said, I want to be first to admit that I need God to forgive my sins. How many of you would do that? Like, I'm not that way all the time. I'm like, let's wait for someone else to go first. I'll go second. Because what if somebody asks me what my sins are? I don't have to tell them that. That gets weird, right? But John's like, no, no. When you get baptized and you come and be baptized, you are telling the world that you are those who know that you need God to do some healing in you. So that he would forgive you come and be the first ones to go and some people are like john you're just losing your mind that we're not doing that and so when we learn about john we kind of introduction for john inviting the people of israel the people of god who love god already by the way they're not like becoming christians in their mind they love god but they need a new sense of conviction because they've gotten used to to being the people of god but maybe not living as the people of god we don't have that problem anymore but it happened in the bible They were the people of God, but John's like, I've noticed there's like a pattern that we need to recommit ourselves as the people of God and to be open to ask God to heal us first. Heal us, God. Forgive us. We haven't paid attention to your ways. We haven't been faithful to your way. Like, do something deep in us. And John's like, great, you get it. Let's go. Let's baptize people. And the Bible invites us to this idea of repentance. The Greek word is to turn or to do a what? A 180. Well done you're from the 180 you know this i talk about it all the time okay they're gonna do a 180 they're gonna be baptized and they're they're saying we're turning around we're going in the water they come out of the water and their their lives are being changed around and then john says something else so profound this is what we were told next the people were waiting expectantly and we're all wondering in their hearts if john might possibly be the messiah i mean this is serious conviction john answered them all i baptize you with water but one who is more powerful than i will come the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Wow. Because there's a moment where you're like, okay, so it's not enough to just trust John. John's like, this baptism is actually not about me. This is just a preparation for something much deeper that God wants to do. Every time somebody gets baptized, they in a sense are, are saying kind of a similar thing like how John says like this is not even about me like don't get distracted with me this is about what god's doing and how god is preparing to do something and john uses this powerful language of the one who's coming will baptize you not just in water but in the holy spirit and fire now i don't know if you know this but the idea of fire in the bible is this profound image of both washing and purification That fire was meant to purify, to correct, to to help people have these new convictions based on God's word and God's ways. And so John represents for us what it means, not only that he was telling people it's time to be baptized, but that after that, this baptism is about something bigger that God is doing. If you've been baptized, you maybe remember that in your own life. When you were baptized, you remember thinking, I just don't want this to be like a, a family day or a, a cool ritual. Or th- I want it to be more than that. It is that, but it's more than that. Or maybe in Quebec, it's very familiar for someone, if you are baptized as a child, and later on you sense God saying, hey, I'm stirring something new in your heart. Like you were baptized, but now I want you to affirm and confirm what your parents did for you so that you're ready to really follow God in a new way. That happens a lot for people. And John then takes the next step, and I want to show you something important. John's conviction is so deep that John will eventually do what? He will baptize Jesus himself. And if you're in our baptism class, when you do our class, we talk about how Jesus' baptism is very different than our baptism, okay? Jesus gets baptized as a special calling. He doesn't get baptized because he has sin in his life that we have to wash out, okay? They're not the same. That's why you go to the class, okay? Because it's a special symbolic understanding that Jesus says, I'm being baptized now for you in a special way. But he will say, those who follow me will be baptized as well. And John is so deeply convicted, and he has this conviction about what's going on, and he has this courage that one day he decides, if God's doing something you, I'm going to tell Herod himself that Herod needs to get his life straight. Woo! Imagine, I call Francois Legault today. I'm like, woo, here we go. You better get things on, on track with your marriage and with your life. He'd be like, who is, who is this guy? John is so, like, convicted that if God's going to come, he needs to be, like, ready to tell everybody. And John tells Herod that Herod's marriage, it's in shambles. It's, it's a mess. And I won't get into the whole details of it. And John's conviction has met one of the most costly moments in John's life. Because John is going to be killed. Some of you know this. And what's profound about this moment that I want to tell you something, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Okay, this is important there are some moments of deep convictions in your life that are just for you. All the rest of John's followers don't go after John and looking for him, and they don't die with John. John has to do things, and John says certain things that are just with John. Actually, when Jesus hears about this, I read this, and I'm always like, okay, Jesus is going to go and raise John from the dead. Wouldn't that be great? He's like, you're not going to kill John. I'm here. That's not what happens. John dies. There's times in our lives where we want to have deep convictions, and there are only going to be deep convictions if we can rally the troops. That's how we are taught about in our culture. A conviction matters when everybody else is on our side, and then we work to get people on our side, and we do a rally, or we do that. And John reminds us there are some moments of deep convictions that are just about you and God. Do the right thing. Be honest by yourself. Be committed and obedient when no one else is going to go with you there. You're going to have to do that. And I think I struggle with that, and I think I struggle with it because I can can connect conviction with the crowd. Is everybody going to be on board? No. John's like, it's the right thing. I needed to say it. And John dies. And so John is like this first image of baptism that we get in the Bible. And for us into the New Testament, you might be surprised, we're not just Jewish. Like, we didn't just be like, we're just doing what John did. We're just continuing in the story of Israel. No, Jesus comes and does something that changes baptism forever. He changes how we understand baptism. And we know this because John said, one is coming who will not only baptize you in water, but you will experience a baptism that is this infilling of the Spirit and fire. It's like, it's like a, a new way of understanding baptism. And the Bible does this beautiful thing. And if you're, you're new to Christianity, this will help. This helped me a lot. When I was just learning the Bible, I was like, I don't think I understand this. It doesn't make sense. That the writers of the Bible will connect baptism to the great celebration of Easter. I don't know if you ever thought of that. That the image in the Bible for baptism is the exact image that we celebrate when it looks like that Jesus died and was raised back to life. So that every time somebody gets baptized, we are really celebrating Easter again. We are really reminding ourselves of Easter. Oh, this is what Jesus did. Yes, here we go. We're going to show you again. It's right here. It's right on this. If you ever walk by our communion table, baptism tank, it's right there in Romans. You are raised, you're, you're set to death. Your old ways are dying. And God is raising you back to life. If you, here's another beautiful passage that I love. It's in Colossians. It says this. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. And with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Isn't that beautiful? This is like Easter right there, that when somebody gets baptized, they're saying, I believe that the power that raised Jesus from the dead is the power of God that is raising me back to life. Not only one day at the end of the world, not only one day when we get to heaven sometimes, right now, that that power is, gonna, is, is raising in me this new awareness that I was dead to my sins. I loved to live for myself. I saw my life only through the category of my convictions, what's in it for me. And then I was baptized. And in that moment, I realized that there was a special courage and a strength and an anointing, which is the power of the Spirit, that in a mysterious way all came together. You know, Christians have been fighting for thousands of years about what we think happens when somebody gets baptized. If you don't think Christians fight, we fight. We're good at it. We fight with each other all the time. Baptism is one we, we're good at fighting about. So, when is the Spirit there? Is the Spirit second? Is the Spirit there before? Like, when are they anointed? Like, when they come out, what if they sin after they're baptized? Then what happens to them? I don't know. Let's argue with somebody. We're famous for this. And let me tell you, there is conviction in the fighting. We've started whole denominations over it without realizing. That at the center of baptism is that we would say, Jesus is Lord. He was dead and now he's alive. And what happened to him is happening to me now. Watch. Paul continually says, don't be confused. Do we need conversations about the meaning of baptism and theological nuance? We we do. But we can get lost in that to the point that we're like, we're losing the mystery and the meaning and the power of what God's doing. In a few minutes, you're going to see two people get baptized. And they're going to say, God has been mod- showing us deep inside how much He loves us, and this is our response to these things that we're sensing. We don't even have the words for this, but we're ready. We're ready to say yes and to express this. Now, you might be surprised that we still live in a time where people have so many different views about baptism. This happened to me this week again. I was preparing, studying, praying, and I watched this show on Netflix. It's, a, it's an interesting show. I don't recommend you, know, you watch it if you're not into those kinds of shows, but in this show, one of the most central themes for the whole show... It's, it's kind of this Viking show, right? Is, guess what? Baptism. The whole show is rigged around the idea that there are people who don't believe in God and there are people who are Christians and the way you get them saved is you baptize them. And you baptize them whether they like it or not. I'm just saying. And the whole, I'm watching this, I'm like, I'm preaching on this, this is crazy. Millions of people. Well, watch this, and they're like, that's what Christians believe, huh? And I'm thinking, no, 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 we don't believe that at all. Like I'm like, try, who do we send an email to? But our culture has their own view of what baptism means. I was forced, somebody made me do it, and we've tried, we're trying so hard to say, God, give us the grace, the strength to apologize for whenever that happened, but to also say that's not what baptism means. Everyone around us will have an idea. a a concept. Oh, baptism. baptism. So today, we want to not only celebrate, but we want to correct. We want to grow. We want to understand in new ways. At the end of Jesus' life on earth, he will meet with his disciples and he will say to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. This is what it says in the passage, so profound. He said that Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. This is before Jesus will go up and ascend to be with the Father. Matthew chapter 28. Remember, John told us about a different kind of baptism. You're about to see it. And Jesus is about to go now, and he's like, listen, all authority has been given to me now, the resurrected Lord. I'm here with you. Now, what would you do if you had all authority in heaven and on earth? Anyone? I'm like, I read that idea. I'm like, all authority in heaven and on earth. I'm like, what would I do if God gave me that kind of authority? Anyone? Solve problems. Help the government with COVID problems? Buy Twitter? Nobody? Okay, some, some of you are like, what's Twitter? Okay, don't worry about it. All authority in heaven and on earth. What would you do? Let me just be really, really honest. I would not do what Jesus does next. None of us would do what Jesus is about to do next if we had all authority in heaven on earth. That's why I'm happy that Jesus is Lord and not me. Because what you expect the Bible to say next is that the one who has all authority in heaven and on earth is going to fix the problems of the world. He's going to take us out of the bad world. He's going to help us make sure we don't sin. He's going to help us go and tell people who are wrong that they should get right. All those things. is not what Jesus does. This is what the one who is resurrected, with all authority in heaven and on earth does next. Therefore, he says to them, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You're not ready for this. You're like, what? Okay, Jesus, no, no, you're not. Are you sure you want to bank this whole thing on us doing this? He's like, yes, you now. You will go do what I modeled for you when I was with you. You will go and model not only baptism, but the baptism that I'm gonna, that's, that's connected to this is one of the Holy Spirit and the strength and the power of God to raise you back to life. You'll see it every time somebody's baptized. And for me, it was the hardest thing to understand this, because I always connect authority and power in God. just He should fix the problems. I even pray that way. I'll pray so God fixes some issues in my life." And Jesus is like, "No, no, I have all authority. You go now, and I'm with you. And so in the next few minutes we're going to invite two people to commit themselves in a deep way to saying, I want to learn everything that Jesus talked about. I want to do exactly what Jesus says. And baptism is being obedient, not to my idea, not to your idea, not to the government's idea, to Jesus' idea. Jesus came up with this. And Jesus could have said, you know what, if you believed what John the Baptist said, you don't need to get baptized. Don't worry about it. It's, It's the same thing. He doesn't say that. He's like, this is not the same thing now. Some of them, if they were Jews, they would have been like, but we were baptized with John. Like, what do we?" It's like, you're going to go now. And you're going to baptize them in my name, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. This actually makes Christianity different from any other religion in the world. That we're baptized in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And if you're curious about what that means, Bible study's coming, join a class, we help you grow in that. But I'm going to invite the band back up, and I just want to give us a chance. To say, God, I think I need the kind of courage that would help me understand that you're calling me to be someone who lives as someone who has been baptized. Or maybe that you would decide today to say, you know what? Maybe I should really be the one taking the next step to be baptized. I just want to say just a few words as the band comes up to people who have been baptized. If you've been baptized and seeing someone baptized doesn't stir you to want to grow in your faith, you need to have a real, honest conversation with yourself. You really need to have a quiet moment of reflecting on whether your baptism really was a moment of conviction and courage. Because if it was just kind of like, oh, whatever, somebody did it, I don't remember, it's not a big deal, it's like a religious thing, you missed the whole thing. And maybe this is a great morning to say, God, I need a new, deep courage to start to live out of the truth of my baptism. And for some of you, maybe this is all brand in. You know, when we taught our our baptism class, we had two of our youth in the class as well, and they weren't ready to get baptized. We just wanted them to come to listen and to process, to ask questions. They're, They're thinking of next steps, what that looks like. Maybe that's you this morning. You've learned the Bible. You're like, I think I understand the Bible, but I'm not sure I really understood what it means to be baptized in this way. Because baptism is a moment not only where we say yes to Jesus, that we acknowledge that what He's already doing in us we want to affirm publicly for others to see. But we're also saying we're going to need the power of the Spirit to help us live the lives that Jesus is calling us to live. Because when people are baptized, they're not just baptized and waiting to die to go to heaven. They're baptized into a community called a family. They're being baptized into something brand new. The biblical doctrinal idea for this is they're adopted. It's the adoption language that the Bible will use. They're baptized and they're... They see themselves now being part of this new family that will help them grow and love Jesus and follow Jesus. So as the band kind of sings the song, maybe for you this is the only time all week that is going to be quiet enough for you to say, God, are you speaking to me now? Is it time for me to really get honest about next steps in my life? I pray that you have the courage to get honest about your convictions, the ones that need to grow, the ones that need to change. The ones that need to just kind of be redefined. And then we'll celebrate with the two people preparing for baptism. Sing the song.
0: I count on one thing.
1: The same God
0: that never fails will not fail me you won't fail me now in the waiting the same god who's never late is working all things out and working all things out yes i will lift you high in the lowest valley yes i will bless your name The same God who never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now when we all stand here waiting. The same God who's never late is working all things out. You're working all things
2: song as we transition to these baptisms as a reminder for all of us of what it means to say yes to Jesus. And as we celebrate, uh, Joe and Alexandra will come up in a moment to say yes, to say yes to one of the phrases there was the name of above all names, to to remember that Jesus is the only one that as we learn to put our trust in him, he's the only one who sets us free to live for him, who who, um, just gives new purpose in our life. To, and, and moves us from death to new life. And so just thank you, uh, worship team, for leading us in that and just for, for you all of you for singing uh, along with us. As Pastor Dom mentioned earlier, you know, if you're new, if this uh, even just what you're seeing now is, as Joe gets prepared in the tank, if this is just new to you, just this mystery of what baptism is all about, we're just really uh, just thankful that you're here and uh, just witnessing with us. This with us. We hope it's an encouragement to you. And just if you are, you know, you have been baptized, um, just as you are witnessing this as well, as Pastor Dom mentioned, we just really encourage you to just pray and to reflect on your own baptism and what it means that Jesus brought new life into into you. And just as you reflect what it means that he's continuing to do that in your life today. You know, it's so important for us to realize uh, as we celebrate baptism that this is really an important A step just as a a witness, really a public witness to what Jesus is doing in someone's heart and in their lives as they're moving to say yes to Jesus. But it's not the last step, that this is really in in so many ways the first step of continuing to trust in Jesus as Lord and what it means now that he's going to continue to shape and to change our lives. And so uh, just really thankful for Joe and Alexandra, Uh, as Pastor Dom mentioned uh, Joe was in our, our class that he did earlier as part of just what are the courageous steps really he did to process, to prepare. And one of the things that, that he shared and that Alexandra did as well is uh, just the importance uh, early on in his life of family, of people who really helped him to learn about Jesus and to point him to the faith. That as we celebrate today, we celebrate not only just what God is doing in his heart, but that the people as well who helped him to get there. And, 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 and as he's being baptized, that now we, as witnesses, as his church family, are going to be those who are going to encourage him and help him to continue to grow. And uh, so I have something that actually is part of the class and part of his preparation. Joe prepared, and he wrote out, that I'm going to share with us in a, in a minute. It, just, just really quickly, if you haven't met Joe, he was in our Alpha class earlier yeah, you can have a seat, sorry. I'm to talk a little while. You can have a seat now. Joe is in our Alpha, alpha class that we did in the fall. Uh, I know he's just a great, if you haven't met him yet, great pastry chef. He wanted me to mention that he's Sicilian as well. I don't think that matters anymore. That's secondary now, right? He's not bad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but let, me, uh, let me just share what Joe wrote as we prepare for his baptism. This is what he said. I grew up in a Catholic background and mostly went to church only on special occasions. God wasn't really a big part of my life growing up, but I can remember my grandmother sitting at the kitchen table every morning and watching her as she prayed with her rosary beads. As I look back now, I can see how God was preparing me. Watching my grandmother praying on a daily basis, I can say it kept me in touch with spiritual beliefs. In my childhood, I did feel God, but he mostly felt distant In my teen years, the toughest time was moving to a new neighborhood and new school, and I found it really hard not knowing anyone. But looking back, God God sent me a best friend who ended up being a huge part of my life, and still today, we keep in touch. During the pandemic, I started watching church online and started noticing changes in my life, for example, my attitude. And as for today, I can say God is in my every step I take, and I'm so grateful for his presence and his love. I connect with him anywhere I am and anywhere I go. I understand him better now because when I pray, I listen with my heart and wait for him to answer me. In my relationship with God, I hope I can grow in continuing to know his peace and grow closer to him. I want to continue to serve him, to be involved at church, and to grow into the person God intended me to be, to be a witness to others and to help those in need. I feel the next step in my relationship with God is to be baptized, and that's why I'm here today. Mm. Amen. 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 Beautiful.
1: Thanks, Pastor Michael. uh, I've had a few conversations with Joseph as well about things that are fearful and wanting to see God do something deep in you. I asked him if he was nervous this morning when we got here, and he said yes, and I said good, because this is a big deal. And so what we do is we want to ask Joseph Alexandra, we'll do this as well, is just to read a small card of, of the things that are clarifying the great mystery of Jesus at work in his heart. So, so I'll hold this just Today I am making a public confession that I am saying yes to Jesus, who is calling me to follow him. I commit my life to him, dying to my old ways that I may be raised to new life in him. Amen. Amen. So Joseph, I know people are watching online, people you love, some friends are here, but we want to say thank you for being, being baptized today. I said this to you, baptism is not just about you. It's about encouraging us as well. Those of us who've been baptized and have forgotten the power of God, who wants to do new things in us. And so we pray that you would sense now that the great mystery of going under the water of dying to your old ways and being raised back to life as a first step as pastor michael said so now on your profession of faith and your commitment to love jesus and to follow him i now baptize you in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit <laughs>
2: Beautiful, so just as Alexandra is getting ready, she's going to come in. I just want to mention again, if you haven't met Alexandra, she's uh, new to the 180 and uh, really has been tracking with us, getting to know people, and it just really felt as she was uh, feeling and taking this courageous step of being baptized here, just how special it was to be baptized at the 180 and to realize that this is the community where she's going to continue to grow and to learn. And so uh, I wanted to just read what she wrote as well. Uh, So let let me read this for us. She says, I have always been a person of faith in God, but I truly understood his importance in my life in 2018. I witnessed a service in a different church context than I was used to, And from that moment, I really began to grow in my understanding of what it means to practice my faith. After that, I began to understand how important it is to study the Bible, to attend Sunday services, and to pray. And I also understood what it means to have a personal relationship with God. I've learned what salvation means, that Jesus died for our sins, and I have opened my heart to follow God. I also see by how by God's presence, he changed my heart and my mind, and he has opened my mind to learn more about him. I have wanted to get baptized for a few years now, but at the same time, I felt overwhelmed and didn't feel ready yet for this step. It's the courage right there. By coming to the 180 church, I feel I'm moving to a new stage in my relationship with God. I feel comfortable in this community as a place I can continue to grow alongside others and I feel that this is the right place to make this covenant with God. Amen.
1: Alexandra, so proud of you. And uh, I know there's some friends that are here and they're proud of you as well. And and Alexandra's experience has been very special. You know, learning lots about Jesus in the Orthodox context and taking this big step means a lot. And so if anyone's watching online, we just want to say thank you that God has used you as a special part of Alexandra's story, your family, and they've loved you and encouraged you. And so we're proud of you also taking this next step. This is important. So I'm going to invite you to read this as kind of a public... Just don't touch the mic. Okay.
0: Today I'm making a public confession that I'm saying yes to Jesus who is calling me to follow him. I commit my life to him, dying to my old ways that I may be raised to new life in him.
1: Amen. Amen. As part of the class, I mentioned to the people getting baptized that the earliest Christians often would also do a few other things after people were baptized. One of the things that they did for them was when they got out of the water, they usually got a tablespoon of honey for it to be the first thing that they ate. As a reminder that those who said yes to Jesus were just about to await the sweetness of following him and going where he's going to go. We have no honey today, but we're working on that. But, Alexandra, we're proud of you. And like like we said before, this is the first step of a new chapter and of a new season. And all of these people are here to celebrate with you and thank you for being baptized, for courageously responding and helping remind all of us here that Jesus is at work in ways we cannot see sometimes. And so now, on your commitment to Jesus, your confession, and your desire to want to follow him with all of your life, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Let's just stand as we close. Yeah, we're we're so proud of them, and and I really believe that next time we have a baptism, some of you in this room will maybe be ready for that step. And as we go now, may we just remember too that the power of the Spirit is at work in us, stirring in us the new life that Jesus offers us. So let's just pray before we go. God, we thank you for the the gift of baptism, the sacred moment when we get a chance to express publicly what you're doing deep in our lives. Jesus, we thank you for the cross and the resurrection, the great image of what it means that we were dead and that now we could be alive because of what you have done. Nothing that we could do could change this. And so as we go now, may the words of the scriptures, the songs, the moments of the testimony and the baptism. Holy Spirit, would you use all of that to call us to a deep, courageous conviction? We would live in such a way where people would not just know that we are right, but that Jesus, that you are God. And that they would see something different in us by how we live and how we speak and how we model that we have committed to follow you with all of our lives. We pray for Alexandra and for Joseph. We pray for them now as they just experience this week coming up. Maybe some challenges, moments of discouragement. May, May they not doubt that you are at work in deep ways. Help us as a church to come alongside of them and to encourage them, to remind them that they are not alone in this journey. And we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. God bless everyone.
0: See you next week.